0: we have come to the second part of mindfulness. The first part was all about the body, and also we discussed clear comprehension. Now, clear comprehension, of course, applies to all parts of mindfulness, not just to the body part. So that one has its application to the other three. And the next one, after the body part, is the feeling part. Feeling needs to be understood. Although the Buddha doesn't say that in the Satipatthana so not I had it. the commentator mentioned it, but we have to understand that it is sensation, physical, and emotion, which is the, our emotional responses. And in the Satipatthana Sutta in the Discourse on the Foundations of Mindfulness, feelings are only divided into three parts, pleasant, unpleasant and neutral. Now, we know that we have lots of feelings, but they are either one of those three. We could categorize them like that. But it isn't enough for our daily work with the feelings, because the work-life there, in our recognition of them, So we really need to have a look how do our feelings arise and if we talk about sensations which is very simple actually because it's physical we know the sensation arises from an outside trigger, from touch. It can be pleasant, unpleasant or neutral. If the touch becomes very strong it's unpleasant if it's very mild and soft it's pleasant and neutral, well if nothing hurts and nothing is pleasant we don't even notice it if we're sitting here right now and we don't have any unpleasant sensations in the body well nothing pleasant either, so it's neutral but we don't pay attention to that and it isn't significant, because pleasant and unpleasant have the significance because of our reactions. It's not the feelings that are so significant, it's our reactions which have the significance. So we need to have a look, how do they arise? And that's the emotion now that we have to deal with, because the sensation we already know it comes from outside of us, it comes from touch. We can also get it in the first absorption, but that's the next step after mindfulness. So first we we'll see the mindfulness of our emotional feelings. Now we come to the point where we can analyze the mind. Yesterday I said taking the body into its bits and pieces. Now we can take the mind into its bits and pieces. And if we ever have read the Abhidhamma or have any notice, taken notice of it, are 89, bits and pieces of the mind, but it's a bit hard to remember, eighty-nine of them. So we'll be contented with four, because that is first of all easy to remember, and not only that, it's easy to relate to, it's happening all the time, and because of that we can work with it. So the mind has four parts, and they're usually mentioned in this order that we first have in Pali Vedana Sanya Sankara Vinyana Feeling, Perception, Mental Formation, Consciousness and that's how we find it written so if you start reading any of these books you'll find it written and then you start worrying about what's consciousness so what is that all about? Because the a word consciousness in English, and in Pali, has many meanings and also, how does this function? so, it functions the other way around it starts out with vijnana, with consciousness and that is, in this connotation only, our sense
1: consciousness
0: that all it is and a very important point, because very often it's not even mentioned, explained or anything at all one has to start of, start of working with it to find out sometimes it's mentioned, but very rarely the word vinyana in Pali as consciousness has other connotations, other meanings just as we have for the word consciousness also other meanings we think of it as awareness we think of it as the opposite of unconsciousness and all sorts of things but here we are only concerned with sense consciousness and it's also important to know what that exactly means. Now this kind of analysis is exactly what the Buddha wants us to do to stop seeing ourselves as one lump which is called me but take ourselves apart into our bits and pieces and then find out which of these bits and pieces is me and if we can't find the me we have a better chance to get to the point of the realization of the absoluteness which exists everywhere in this universe now this uh, analysis of ourselves is one of the ways of finding out that we are laboring under a real delusion which is not only mental, it's also optical because we, we see ourselves as one whole number now the mind we can't see So we haven't got that kind of uh, optical illusion there. But what we have with the mind, we are taking it for granted until we start meditating to the point where we see that the mind, what it usually does, isn't exactly what it could do. And taking it for granted also means that we haven't got enough mindfulness to see it's functioning we only see the result, the end part of it. So the functioning is that what the Buddha explains. And that is the sense consciousness as number one. Now the way that works is this. Now we all know we have five senses, right? But the Buddha includes the thinking as the sixth sense. But we'll leave that to the last because it's a little harder to understand. So first we'll take the five, very simple. Seeing, hearing, tasting, touching, smelling. No problem. Everybody knows that. Very simple. So let's take the eye. Now we have, the way the Buddha explains this, we have the eye base, the seeing base, this here, the eye. It's in good condition. It's not blind. It's not sick or anything. And then comes an eye object. Let's see. see. this is the object. There. Now with that, The eye consciousness meets the object and seeing arises. The consciousness that the eye has, the ability of seeing, but the eye does not have an ability to say, well, that must be the stand for the microphone. The eye has no way of saying that. The mind does that. And if you hand this to somebody who never saw the microphone before and say, look at it, he might say, oh, that, that's rubbish, I'll throw it away. Just a bit of plastic. Who knows that that's a stand for microphone? Only if you've seen the microphone in it. So, the explanation of what we see is based on memory. And if you hand this to a two-year-old, he probably thinks, well, it could be something to eat and start biting on it because little kids always want to taste also in order to get an idea what things are like. It's another um, sense consciousness which they need to find out. And if he finds out it's inedible, he might think that it's something that you play around with and turn it around like this. It's like a carousel. It's a toy. So if he w- was able to say, which he might be at two years old, he probably would be able to say it's a toy and we say stand for microphone, that's all. All the things I've been telling you about, and I've been telling you a lot of things already, they are all for trying out. They are all for practice. They are not just intellectual theoretical knowledge. The intellectual theoretical knowledge comes first, but it never turns into wisdom unless it becomes a personal experience. And there's no way one can remember it unless it becomes a personal experience it would mean learning by heart and repeating like a parrot which is, you know, really not our way of doing things and useless totally useless so unless we use this theoretical knowledge and try and see whether it works whether it is like that, whether we can do it we will neither have the remembrance of it, we can't remember it, nor can wisdom arise, because wisdom arises from the understood experience. All of us have thousands, millions of experiences in our lives, millions of things, through our senses. Every time we walk here, from here to there, we have experiences. We have experiences of touch and feeling from touch. We have experiences of seeing and feeling from seeing. But have a, without understanding the experience, no wisdom can happen. Wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom is digested knowledge. And only we cannot digest it ourselves. And that's how it actually has to operate for the Dhamma to become our own. The digestion has to take place. So what I'd like to all know is that everybody understand actually what, we've, what I've been talking about so that it can be tried out.
1: Yeah. 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 Secondly, and i uh, not um, in French, but um, we, we are very close in perceiving, and I feeling and perception are almost the same, actually feeling something, mm. and the perceiving of it are so close to each uh, other that they are almost impossible to separate, and they remain in fact the will. I think probably the secret that I would do here is, um, and i but I know of this, the sound is, the is, is, the the is there, jumps. And that's why mm-hmm. like people told me before, and very be is Mm-hmm. 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 it's because the automatic thing you are in that
0: is the right. um, that we can't the That's right. We, it's very difficult to stop it. Now, is that the problem, that feeling and perception are so close to each other? That, no, that's not no, the problem. Actually,
2: maybe I didn't go for it sometimes because Yes, yeah, in my French is too What I feel is <laughs> that, for example, with touch or feeling, uh, when you have the contact, then you have the feeling, and you react to the feeling before you know what uh, it is about yeah. With the view, it's not the case, because most of the time, you react to, 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 uh, to the thought process, and not only to the feeling, not to the color of shade, but first you label, and when you see what it is, then you react. For example, if you see a snake, if when you see that it is a snake, that you react. If you only feel shape, you don't have any, any fear in the shape of a snake. When you have labelled and had a soap process, you have a feeling unpleasant. But I think it's, it's not the same as that if someone touches you in the back, you react without knowing what it is. You don't look, you don't need it. You just react and touch. The sound is the same, if you hear a sound, it's unpleasant because it disturbs you, and you don't know maybe what it is. But so it's But it's the same with
0: the sound, but it's exactly the same with the same. Exactly the same. I now I understand what you're uh, saying. You're saying, if I'm, I'm just repeated to see whether that's what you're saying, you're saying you're only going to react to that thing on the ground if you have actually made the... Uh, mental note that this is a snake. Right, but that's not so. That's not so. The mental note that this is a snake comes after. And there's a wonderful story about that. A story in the Buddhist time. There was a, a monk, and I, I just write about the person, It's the same thing, but this is this, this theme that um, Now this story is a monk within in a, his kuti, in his hut. And uh, in the middle of the night he wakes up and he sees this dreadful snake hanging from the rafters. And it seems to be coming nearer and nearer to him with his head. And he's petrified with fear. And he's afraid to move. And he can't sleep but he also can't get up, so he spends a dreadful night. And when he wakes up in the morning, mm-hmm. he sees it's a rope. Mm-hmm. So, the labeling was totally wrong. It was the seeing that gave him the fear. Not the labeling, because the labeling was totally wrong anyway. Yeah,
2: but he, 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 he the fear was there, so then he labels. No. Just to find out that no. that if you see a beautiful photograph, it's a tiger and
0: you may be afraid, maybe you it's a No, but only when you said tiger already. No. You see, the feeling comes before the labelling. He would never have fed snakes if there hadn't been already this feeling in him. The contact of the senses made this feeling arise and then the mind labelled snakes. It wasn't the other way around. You're trying to say that it must be the other way around. First you see, then you label, then you get a feeling. No, and that's why you're saying there should be two feelings. No, it's not like that. It's not like that at all, because it doesn't work differently from hearing and seeing and thinking. They're all working exactly the same way. Now, when, now with the seeing you're having a bit of difficulty, so try it out.
2: No, because I've tried that for, for a long time. Mm. And that came to
0: yes, but it's not like that at all because this thing hanging down there, not getting any label yet, given this fear, and then the, the fear had to be justified somehow or other. And he said, that's not it. but it wasn't anything like that at all. And then, of course, the reaction was, I mustn't move. This, I have to keep away from this. This is terrible. You know, that's the reaction then. But in a matter of fact, it, the feeling arose
2: immediately from the scene. But if we
0: just see, mm-hmm. if you had just seen...
2: because you can have a, a feeling uh, that if the, the picture is beautiful, this is the first feeling that you have from the scene. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you see a, a, a movie of tiger and things like that, it's beautiful, you have a good feeling with it's like that, then mm-hmm. you leave a
0: not if you have a beautiful feeling. When you have a beautiful feeling, you don't label anything terrible. If he had had a wonderful feeling about this rope, he would never have said poisonous snake. How can you label something poisonous snake if you get a wonderful feeling? If he had, had a, a.
2: shape and the color may very nice. Then he had so a if wonderful you don't feeling. Right. Good feeling. Right. It a snake. Right. It a beautiful snake with color. Exactly.
0: If you have a beautiful feeling, you don't say poisonous snake but and you I don't have get
2: afraid then you
0: no longer think it's beautiful The beautiful if you have a beautiful feeling inside yeah. of about anything you see something that you think is beautiful let's say that rope looks really beautiful to you there's no possibility of getting afraid of it.
2: But sometimes you see something beautiful, but you don't exactly see what it feels. And when you go near, maybe you see that it feels. But then you start again.
0: Then you have a second sense contact. Not a second feeling, a second sense contact when you get near. A a renewed sense
2: contact. And then you see. Is that the labeling that creates the feeling?
0: No. When you see that rope hanging down, and it looks really gorgeous to you. That means that you have a beautiful feeling about this rope. It's totally impossible to be afraid of it. There's no way. And uh, whatever you're going to say about it, this, this monk story is that he was deadly afraid of it. So whatever you're going to say about it, it's not going to be any labeling which could possibly be negative. So if you then go nearer and see that it is actually a snake, you've got a second sense contact, and then you get an awful feeling so you have, if you go near and see it better, you have a second time around. But you
2: can never be afraid of the shame. Of course not. Never. You can, but you of can get a, f- that.
0: but you get a bad feeling from it. Why? It's right out.
2: See, this is, you is the thing. Is, no,
0: this is exactly the way when we operate without the mindfulness, you see this is the way every human being operates, that they, they think, one thinks, that one first has to know it and then we have the reaction to it and this is because we do not have sufficient mindfulness to recognize the fact that the feeling has long arisen and therefore we are then labeling according to that feeling, that's why he labeled poisonous snake. Because he had already the feeling arisen. Which he had only seen shape and form and not paid any attention to feeling. He would never have labelled it purposefully. But the attention was already past the form and the, sh- uh, the color and the shape. One went past it, went already to feeling, and then came the wrong labelling. You
2: see, if you had never seen snake
0: Then you wouldn't label it like that. That is uh, Your labelling is based on memory. Then you label something else, whatever you can remember. See, it takes an enormous amount of bare attention to oneself to actually become aware of that step between which, Brian says quite rightly, the feeling and the perception are so close to each other that we don't even know that they're happening. Usually we don't know anything is happening except the reaction we don't even know the contact we have we we don't pay attention and that's why it's so important to try it out and see whether we can pay attention it's so close together that it is very difficult to um, in daily life particularly but here it's possible here it's possible to pay attention and see if, if you can if you can become aware of the feeling which is aroused by the contact now, the hearing is only sound.
2: If you don't know something about it, then you can be afraid to because you don't, you don't know. No, so the afraid comes later. the same as if you know yeah. what it is.
0: Afraid comes later. Afraid is reaction.
1: Yeah.
0: Feeling is pleasant or unpleasant. Yeah. Feeling can only be pleasant or unpleasant. And then comes the labeling, and then comes reaction. If you have already made up your mind it's a poisonous snake then you have already passed the other thing. So it's the first thing is the contact, the second thing is the feeling. You've got to find out whether that is so or not and see whether it's actually happening. And if you need another contact then you have made new contact, it's constantly happening in that process, all the time. See that if we were to be dependent upon the labelling then there would be no original feeling we would be always dependent upon knowing what everything is we don't we don't know what everything is in fact most of the time we don't know what everything is we just try to figure it out we have no idea what anything is and especially in meditation you can also come to that understanding when you, when the concentration is there, that you're relating to the feeling. And then afterwards, afterwards, you label it. You first have to experience the feeling in the meditation. Afterwards, it's labeled. I'll come to that. I haven't to that yet. You've got to try it out. Again and again and again until you get a, a little, well, maybe a bit of that. Hmm. Hmm? Not only that, but it also means wrong <laughs> It also means no uh, elaboration, no no explanation, just that. You see, that's what it's all about. Just that, and in, in our mind process, out of those four, it's so difficult. Even there, it's so difficult. Just that bare attention. This, I think, sound might be the easiest. So try it with sound. And then you can see that it couldn't be diff- different for anything else, and then you can try the other. I think sound will be the easiest. Bare means without explanations. Knowing only.
1: I hmm. <coughs> One feeling can be carried over onto the next object. For example, we might feel we're reacting really something in a negative way, and we're really reacting in that way because of negativity left over from the preceding object. For example, if, if I'm sitting very uncomfortable then, and my backstation, I might think, oh, this is all boring. But the unpleasant feeling hasn't come from what you're saying. It's actually coming because I'm uncomfortable and the unpleasant feeling has risen, and I'm not paying attention to what you're saying. So that the border seems to come, or the aversion seems to come from what you're saying, but it's actually coming from the unpleasant feeling of the density.
0: Well, it depends what we put our attention on. which contact we put the attention on. If we put the attention on the touch contact then that may arouse an unpleasant feeling and therefore a negative reaction and if we put our attention on the sound and try to figure out what it means we may get either a pleasant or unpleasant feeling from that and then have the reaction to that. It depends entirely where the attention is. But you
1: may not be aware if your attention is not very good. You might feel that the unpleasant feeling is coming from the sound. That's right. And in fact, the unpleasant feeling is really coming from the sense contact of, of your uncomfortable body. Sure. Which is much more acceptable to the time and overwhelming. Sure.
0: Well, that is what we do all the time. Because we're not paying close enough attention. And that's why the Buddha put mindfulness as the first step for the purification of being. We, we never pay close enough attention, or very rarely, not never. I must stop saying never very rarely st- pay close attention to what's actually happening that's why we have constant confusion mindfulness is the first step on uh, for the purification it's the first one of the seven factors of enlightenment and it is the entry towards meditation and therefore also the entry towards wisdom so it's a constant um, re-education of our primary object of attention. So mindfulness is a mental factor but it's a mental factor with our judgment and therefore it becomes our greatest uh, helper.
2: Naturally look, we have all these difficulties. Yes. It's quite true.
1: That seems <coughs> like a because um, I'm reacting to things, and I think I'm reacting to things. But I've got a left page of the mind present day,
0: and there from the contact before, and I'm still reacting to that. Mm. And, and so I'm not really looking at the new things, information, right. and, on the, and yes. things. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just in a bad mood. That's all. Right. Well, that's the third factor of unmindfulness. We'll do that this evening. <laughs> you won't be here I hope the, the, the tapes will work <laughs> anything else on that subject I really would like to uh, encourage you very much to try this out and as I said sound is the easiest but do try it out with sight and especially in Pierre's case um, try it out with, with seeing again even if you've tried it before try it again and also particularly because you are an artist, so seeing is very important for you. Um, do try that again and see whether it works differently. One of the things one has to do when one wants to become very mindful is slowing oneself down. So before one knows that this happens, for instance, with the airplane, before one knows that the minds have already said airplane, the whole thing has already run and it's finished. So then one starts again because the thing is still going or something else is happening and maybe one can slow this down. In other words, listen longer, look longer. Don't allow the mind to do anything. Not just a quick look and bingo, a rose bush, I like it. Right? Or a quick, okay, nothing else. Listen longer, look longer. It's only the suggestion.